Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Football Betting Podcast. I'm your host Tom Pipkin and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Tom Walker. Hi guys, welcome to the show as ever. Thank you for taking the time to tune in today. Yeah, it's our last podcast before Christmas. We won a bomb-proof treble last weekend. Let's start right there, no better place to start. Yours, Tom, came in. Congratulations, doing it for the podcast. Uh, five, was it about a five to one winner, just under? Yeah. Yeah, just under five to one, so uh, pretty comfortable in the end. Um, we'll get on to a full recap later in the show, but um, you know, apart from a slight wobble at the start, in the end, it was quite comfortable. So it even included the early kickoff as well, so that curse was broken, um, and we were so close to also landing my bombproof treble and the joint bombproof treble. There was just one Portsmouth goal in it. Uh, but we'll come on to all that later on in the show. So for this week, uh, we've got full fixture list in the Premier League, Championship, League One and League Two. It's the last big round of fixtures before Christmas. We'll go through all of our tips for all of the leagues as usual. Plenty of talking points. Let's start, shall we, with the Premier League. Is there anything you fancy for, well, there's a Friday night game, Wolves-Liverpool. Anything you fancy there? I think Liverpool will get the win. It's always tempting, isn't it, when you look at the calibre of player that Wolves have. Uh, They've won their last three games, including a home victory over Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool will be uh, certainly aware of that one. I think both teams to score is something that you might be able to get. Although, to be honest, it doesn't fill me with that much confidence just because Liverpool are so good at the back these days. Um, 19 to 20 for that if you do fancy a bit of a, a both teams to score um, Liverpool to win and both teams to score is something that I'm, I'm kind of flirting with a little bit um, you can get that at 12 to 5 which I think is a fantastic price um, I don't know what you think about that Jimenez in particular for uh, Wolves has got 5 this season he's, he's on form right now hmm to be honest, I'll probably stay away from this one completely. I just don't know what to expect from Wolves on, on a weekly basis. If you look at their uh, recent results this season against the top six, they've been really good. And then against the lower sides in the division, that's where they seem to have come and stuck. So you mentioned the win against Chelsea uh, 2-1 recently. They drew one all against Man United. They drew one all with Man City. Drew one all with Arsenal. They did lose 3-2 at home to Spurs. But, you know, generally there, they perform very well against these top clubs. So, I, I don't know. I'd probably, based on that, avoid this game. Interesting. Interesting. You don't think... I'm, I'm not saying that Wolves are going to go and win. I'm saying I fancy him to get a goal. I think Liverpool will have way too much for him. But I, I fancy him to get a goal, do you not? If I had to pick anything, it would be that rather than anything result-based. Obviously, yeah. Wolves conceded against Chelsea, as we mentioned. They conceded against Newcastle, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Arsenal. They've actually only kept one clean sheet in the last nine games. So, yeah, at the back, they, they do tend to concede goals. Yes. Um you know, I think both teams to score for me, 19-20. Uh, you can also get over 2.5 goals, which has happened in four of Wolves' last five games. Uh, that one is priced at 4-5 to five as well. So I anticipate quite an entertaining Friday night game, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, yeah, me too. In general, I just think it's worth pointing out, the Premier League for me this weekend doesn't have an awful lot that's uh, attractive from a betting perspective. I don't know about you, but I'm just scanning over the games. There's not an awful lot standing out for me here. No, it's pretty It's pretty tough, right? We'll kind of quickly go over it. You've got Bournemouth, Brighton, two similar teams. Chelsea, Leicester. Chelsea are 1-3. to three. Uh, Man City, Palace. Man City are 1-8. to eight. Newcastle, Fulham. Uh, two similar quality sides. West Ham, Watford. Uh, two similar quality sides. It, it's pretty yeah. tough. Uh, the one thing I would look at um, is potentially Southampton. 
Um, would I tip this if there was plenty of other Premier League games? Probably not. Uh, so I'm not saying it's you know something that's an absolute banker. Um, but I just think Huddersfield is so toothless. I can't remember a team so bad in front of goal, to be honest. They've scored 10 goals this season. Um, at home, they've only scored three. Um, it's it's phenomenal, to be honest. You've got Southampton on the other hand, obviously, under Hassan Huttle, got a, a very, very hang impressive on. win. Hang on, hang on. It's We need to uh, correct ourselves here. We got pointed out by a good listener of the show, uh, Tommy, on Twitter, that we've actually been pronouncing his name wrong. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it's not Hassan Huttle, as we've been pronouncing it. You actually pronounce it Hazen Hutul. How do I say it? It's Ha Zen Ha Hutul. Hutul. I think I'll just call him Ralph moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to stick with Ralph. All right. So, <laughs> under Ralph, last weekend, Southampton, uh, one of the performances of the weekend, they managed to turn it around and beat. Arsenal, uh, three goals to two. Very energetic game. Uh, some of the Southampton players at the end said that they were uh, feeling a bit of cramp. They have got uh, six days to recover before this uh, three o'clock fixture against Huddersfield. Southampton are 11 to eight. Do I fancy them? I, if I had to choose of the two, I'd go for Southampton based on what I saw on Sunday. However, it is one game. It's easy to get carried away. I, I just I just can't see Huddersfield getting anything from any game at the moment. They've got to be the, them and what uh, them and Fulham have got to be miles away from everyone else. The thing is, Huddersfield aren't playing that bad. They've lost four games in a row now, and they're not playing that badly. And that's got to be a major source of concern, isn't it? If you're playing well and not picking up any points you're going to be in big danger because you can't consistently keep playing well, especially if you're a team like Huddersfield. So, yeah, to have lost now four on the spin, when arguably they, they probably can feel hard done by to have lost four on the spin, they're going to get downbeat. They're going to get deflated because their performances aren't bringing back any points. So, yeah, I can see Southampton getting something out of this game, definitely on a high after beating Arsenal's, what, 22-match unbeaten run? Great yeah, result. Yeah. Great result. I don't yeah, think amazing result. expected that. No, amazing result. And, you know, they, they've got the players to play that way, haven't they, Southampton? Yeah. When you, especially when you look at the front guys, because they're the triggers. So you got Danny Ings and Shane Long that I'm thinking of immediately. Uh, both would run themselves into the ground for their, for their team. So, um, yeah, Ralph certainly has everything he needs. Uh, for me, Southampton 11-8, to eight, is it the strongest tip ever? No, but I think uh, that is what I would fancy if I bet on that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to look at West Ham-Watford, a three o'clock kickoff. Watford really concerned me. We speak about Watford all the time. I know you quite like them, don't you? But for me, yeah. you know, they, they, they flatter to deceive. One week, they're really good. Like last week, they're really good. What, 3-0? Um, oh, yeah. sorry, no, three two against no, Cardiff. Yeah, they uh, took a three goal lead. Yeah, yeah, took a took the three goal lead, conceded two in the last what ten minutes. So that was a lot closer than it should have been. But you know, before that, they were they hadn't won for the last five. Um, they've played a West Ham side away who have won four on the bounce. Now they're scoring plenty of goals at thirteen to ten for West Ham. The form they're in. Uh, Watford don't travel particularly well. Their points are coming mainly at home. So for me, I'd tip West Ham. But I do always have this concern about Watford because you never know which team's going to turn up on the day. No, I completely agree. Um, if I had to go for anyone, I would also go for uh, West Ham. I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't. They've won four in the spin. Um, yes, they've played Newcastle, Cardiff, Palace, Fulham. Uh, you know, four of the lower lower teams. Uh, but Watford, you know, is just a slight step up. Uh, as you mentioned, on their day, they're the worst side in the league. And, yeah. and on their day, <laughs> they can beat anyone. So, uh, 
yeah, my, my only concern with, with Watford really is, um, I was having a look at their top scorers. Um, so you have a look at their strikers. Um, Andre Gray, 3-15. and 15, Dini, 2-14. Success, 1-17. They get all their goals from Pereira, who has five, and Holabas, who's a left-back and who has three. Um, yeah. Got players like Delefeu, but he's only got two, one of which was at the weekend. I just feel like West Ham are, are just more dangerous and more capable of scoring goals, I think. Yeah. Uh, so West Ham, for both of us here, 13 to 10, look a very good price. Anything else from the three o'clocks? We've covered Chelsea, one to three. We think they should definitely win. Uh, Man City, one to eight at home to Palace, should also win. We've got Arsenal as well, two to nine at home to Burnley. Again, should win. Nothing there for me from a betting perspective, which particularly takes my fancy. I don't know about you for those three games. No, I could probably come up with something to bet on them, but I'd be forcing it. So I think it's best to move on. And there's a very, very exciting uh, late kickoff um, on Saturday. And it's something we've got to cover. Yeah, wow. This is taking on a whole new dimension after uh, today's news. So we're recording on a Tuesday evening. The news broke uh, Tuesday morning that Mourinho has been sacked from Manchester United. Uh, yeah, give me your thoughts, Tom. Is it the right decision? I know you've been quite divisive on Twitter today with all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, let us know on the podcast exactly what you think to Man United's situation, Mourinho's uh, firing, and where they go from here. Yeah, so for me, it's the right decision. Um, I'll, I'll start off where I think the problems lie. So first of all, I've spoke about this before on the show. If you go for Jose Mourinho, okay, as your manager, you interview him, he does not sit in that interview and say, I'm going to play possession football, I'm going to bring through young players. I'm going to develop people. No, he's going to come in and he say, I'm, he say, he's going to say, I'm going to win your things. I'm going to do it my way. I want Alexis Sanchez, who's 29. You know, I want Chiellini, whoever it was, and whoever he wanted, Jerome Boateng, 30. Go, Dean. He's going to come in. He's going to want those players. So if you make that decision, he's your manager. You follow the way he goes, right? Guardiola, Klopp. They've all come in. Klopp said, I want to play high energy. Okay. They've let him go out and get players that can deal with it. Uh, Guardiola has wanted to do possession style. Guardiola said, I need four fullbacks. And City went, four. Okay. You need four. We'll get you four. No worries. Mourinho, in his defense, was not backed enough. However, you do look at his spend. It is hard to argue that he didn't have money available. Um, I just think, especially in the summer, he, he didn't have as much as he would like in terms of uh, approvals. I don't think it was financial. I think it was more approvals. Um, for me, we'll go for it. So that's the top. Mourinho, out-of-date tactics, uh, poisonous atmosphere of the club in the dressing room and in press conferences, etc. Um Completely kind of, uh, he likes this us against the world, but I think he did it too much internally um, to to what I see. I'm not in the dressing room, but that's what I saw. And in terms of the dressing room, I think he lost control. Um, Plenty of uh, videos constantly going around. Paul Pogba, Jesse Lingard. I've seen Rashford at it. There's lots of unprofessionalism, uh, dancing around in the changing rooms to music. You're Man United, you're sixth in the league. Why are you dancing around in the changing room to music? You just, do you know what I mean? You've just been beat by Brighton, for example. It would never, ever, ever have happened under Fergie. And I know that's easy to say. Um, where did it go from here? I think someone with a philosophy, someone with an up-to-date style of play, and somebody who knows the club and knows what the fans and club expect, um, but for me, it was absolutely the right decision. Yeah. I feel like you just got a whole weight off your chest there. <laughs> but honestly, I've been pining for this. I don't, 
I couldn't care less about United. No. But I just I just can't stand some of the things that are happening at that club. And as the same when Arsenal were that like these big massive clubs, they don't know how lucky they are to be like up there, right? Yeah. Um, well, no idea. it frustrates me when it when it's not ran properly. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because I've just hogged the podcast for three minutes straight. No, well, to be fair, the majority of what you're saying, I can't disagree with. I think considering that they've had one of their worst starts to the Premier League in their history, it could actually be the worst start they've ever had to the Premier League. You can't, from a results perspective, moan too much about the decision because their performances have not been good enough, full stop. Like you say, issues run deeper at the club than just, you know, the team isn't performing for the manager. Um, there's the whole thing about who's actually buying the players. They've spent about £420 million, I think it is, over the course of Mourinho's tenure on various players. Are they Mourinho's signings? Are they Ed Woodward's signings? You know, for me, the manager's got to make the signings or have a major, major say in the signings at the club. If Ed Woodward is bringing in players that Mourinho doesn't really want, it's not a recipe for success because Ed Woodward isn't a football man. Ed Woodward is a commercial man. Player power is far too strong at United. It's night and day when you look at how United are run and the whole atmosphere around the club compared to the atmosphere around Liverpool or the atmosphere around Spurs. Even Arsenal now, since Emery's come in. Absolute night and day. For me, Mourinho going is a start to the change that they need. It can't end here. If anyone thinks that Man United's fortunes are suddenly going to turn around and they're going to challenge, really challenge for the top four and beyond, for me, they're going to be mistaken. They need to, I don't know, for lack of better words, they need to get the parasites out of the club and they need to restore some order get rid of that player power and assert some real authority over the dressing room and get some players in there who really want to play for Man United and will give that all for the club. Yeah, absolutely. So you remember when Pochettino came in to Spurs? Yeah. He had Bad Eggs, Benoit Rasso Okoto. He had Eunice Kabul. He had Emmanuel Adebayor. These are all what are described as Bad Eggs, right? As good yeah. as you are, your, your attitude's not right, your heart's not in it, et cetera, et cetera. You're not on the same page. Like, I'm looking at the United top scorers now, just, you know, from a research point of view. So this isn't even, you know, their actual players, because someone like De Gea, for example, isn't on here. But I'm looking down. Martial never really strikes me as someone that wants to be there. Nope. Lukaku has been hiding for forever. Paul Pogba is the biggest issue you have. And if you are a manager coming in, you either stamp your authority down on him and go back to some good old-fashioned discipline or you ship him out. Rashford, I feel like, is a good example for the most part. Lingard, I, I like Lingard as a player. I honestly can't stand him. He's part of this new player culture, which for me is killing managers. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him you know, focus a little bit more on, on football, to be honest. Sanchez, never done anything. I don't think he wants to be here. And you go down and you have people like Chris Smalling and Luke Shaw. That, like, do, they, do they really fight for United? Do they fight for United? No. I, I don't think no. so. I think there's a full culture change that needs to happen at United. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing how it goes. Um, yeah, in terms good. of the game, Cardiff away is a tough place to go. Like At the start of the season, I'll hold my hands up. I, I said that Cardiff would be embarrassed this season and they've absolutely shut me up. If they're, they're doing great, they're in 16th. Um, I said that they may, may struggle to get over 20 points. They got 14 already. So I'll admit I was wrong there. And at home, they've been an animal. And Warnock, oh my God, he's going to have these right up for it, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's going to embrace, he'll absolutely relish this. One thing that I do think will happen is for Cardiff to get a goal. The price for them to score is 8-13. to 13. And for me, considering how they have been playing well at home anyway recently, and then you factor in all of this whole situation with Manchester United not having a manager 
um, all the disruption it's going to bring. The fact that Warnock is really going to motivate and up his players to get stuck into United and really give it all that they've got. I think Cardiff are going to get a goal. Whether they win or not, I'm not sure. But I do think they've got enough about them. And Manu is shaky at the back anyway. They've been terrible. They've hardly kept any clean sheets. I definitely think Cardiff can get a goal. Yeah, Cardiff, guys, 11-2 to if you fancy them. I'm going to say out of uh, home win, draw and away win, go for Cardiff myself. But uh, not. I'm a, I am still a little bit wary. Anyway, moving on. Let's have a look at Sunday's game. If anything you fancy there, that promises to be pretty interesting. It's uh, Everton and Tottenham at Goodison Park. Yeah, so if I had to pick anything here, I'd be looking at under 2.5 goals. That's priced at 11 to 10. I think mainly Burnley have kind of set a blueprint out that Everton may seek to follow against Spurs. So last weekend, Spurs beat Burnley 1-0 at Wembley with Eriksson's, what, 91st, 92nd minute winner. They frustrated Spurs for long periods of that game. And I think, like I say, it could be a blueprint that Everton may look to follow. They played very well against Liverpool, losing very narrowly there. They do keep it tight, defensively pretty solid most of the time. They've got a good home record. Yeah, for me, under 2.5, I think it's going to be a pretty cagey game. Yeah, pretty cagey game. Uh, I I wouldn't know what to, what to pick here. You know, I don't know how I can... I can't go against Everton and I can't go against Tottenham. Um, two good teams. Uh, two distinct ways of playing and we know what, what to expect. My question is, you know, do Everton have the quality to beat a top four side? Um, and my, my other question for Tottenham is how long can they, can they keep, keep going? They must be one of the fittest teams the Premier League's ever seen. Oh yeah. Um, because they're just relentless week in, week out. So yeah, yeah. Um, I would avoid that one, but should be an interesting game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the championship then. Uh, God, for me, there's not much in this league whatsoever. Uh, I'm going to get us kicked off and get right in there. I do like the look of Stoke at home to Millwall. Stoke are priced at 7-10 to 10 for the victory. They've really started to pick up some form now, Stoke, after a very dodgy start to the season. They're in 11th, but not too far off the playoffs. Um, they've got recent strong home form. They've only lost one match in the last 13 games. And they've got a knack of scoring two goals recently as well. They scored two goals in the last five matches. Millwall are winless away from home in the league this season. So for me, Stoke are looking good value for the win here. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Stoke are, are starting to show that they're going to be there or thereabouts Yeah. Um, in terms of the top six, aren't they? I th- think predicted them and West Brom to be largely uh, stronger than most sides. Um, West Brom are obviously in the right kind of area. Stoke yeah. at that poor start, but I think you know the cream will rise to the top, and they're a team to be feared. Um, yeah, I agree. I actually agree with your tip as well. Just to let you know, thank you. One right off me, Millwall, not the best travellers. <laughs> Let's have a look at another promotion, Hopeful. I lo- absolutely love saying that. Uh, it's Nottingham Forest. They are at home to Queen's Park Rangers. Um, I do fancy Forest to get this victory, 11-10. to 10. Forest, they haven't actually lost to QPR at home at the city ground in the last 14 encounters between the two, uh, which is an amazing record. Uh, I'd love that to continue. Forest... Absolutely fantastic at the back this season. They are the joint leading clean sheet um, gathering team. I don't even know if I've said that right. <laughs> they got the they got the joint most clean sheets. I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, gathering. I don't know where that came from. Um, got a very very good draw away at Derby uh, Monday night. That is the only thing that is sticking in my mind. Obviously. QPR played on Saturday. They beat Middlesbrough at home. Forest played on Monday. It was a very high-intensity game. Forest worked really hard. My only issue is that kind of extra two days rest QPR have over Forest. 
uh, and Forest last home game. They did falter and they did actually lose at home to Preston. I do think they will put that right though. Um, 11 to 10 for Forest. I think, you know, it won't be easy, but I think they'll get it done. Yeah, I agree. Um, sometimes you have clubs which have absolutely woeful records against other clubs and QPR's record against Forest when playing at the city ground is definitely one of those records. We had a field day against QPR last season. Scored five away, four at home. Like one of them teams you wish you could play every single week. But um, I'm looking at history between the two sides. And the website I'm on goes all the way back to 1933. There may be holes in this website. I don't think it is. It's pretty reputable soccer base. But there are no victories for QPR at the city ground since like 1933. Yeah. Uh, on. <laughs> so hang on. You're telling me the earliest QPR could have won at Forest or like the latest is 1932. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. If if this is correct, which it usually is, then yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Well, yeah, we should just pack up our things because no more, no more research is needed for that. Surely (laughs) Uh, history is very, very much on our side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've only got one more tip for the championship games this weekend. It's a both teams to score tip. It's in the game between Rotherham and West Brom. So you look at West Brom in third, you think, oh yeah, they're doing well, aren't they? However, the table doesn't tell the whole story as far as I'm concerned because they've not kept a clean sheet in the league. Well, a clean sheet in any competition, actually. Since the 22nd of September, that's 14 games ago. 14. And you've got, this, you've got this team in third who haven't kept a clean sheet for 14 games, yet they still find themselves on the fringes of the automatic promotion spots. It's crazy, really, and speaks volumes as to how good their strike force and attacking players are. Um, so they play Rotherham this weekend, who you're looking at the league, you see they're in 20th, you think... They're not really doing that well. However, again, doesn't tell the whole story because Rotherham have had 10 games, both teams to score, in the last 11. And that includes scoring in the last eight in a row. So for me, despite Rotherham's lowly league position, they're drawing lots of games. They're scoring plenty of goals, but they do also concede goals, much like West Brom. So two teams who love both teams to score, 8-13, to looks like a lock to me. Yes, absolutely. Took one right off my notes, to be honest. I would I would go one step further, uh, as I, I feel like I always do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I would go for um, West Brom to win and both teams to score. Uh, five to two. Definitely okay. granted what you're saying in terms of uh, Rotherham. They're good going forward. They score goals. Um, they do also concede, and same with West Brom. I think both teams to score is a given. Uh, but Rotherham haven't won in their last six, and they haven't won any of their last nine home games. Um, West Brom won their last three away. Yeah, for me, I definitely both teams to score. Like I will be amazed, amazed if this isn't both teams to score. But, yeah, me too. Um, West Brom for me. Um, Dwight Gale. 10 goals, Rodriguez 10, Barnes 8, Phillips 5, and you go down into the threes, uh, Kieran Gibbs being one of them, a wing back. Um, and yeah, for me, I think you can get 5 to 2 there, no problem. Yeah, I uh, like the look of that, mate. Uh, anything else that you like the look of in the championship? Um, I do have one more that I would like to uh, have a look at um, Blackburn. Started off really, really well. Uh, one of my nearest and dearest friends is a Rovers fan. Um, my WhatsApp was blowing up every week about <laughs> how Bradley Dak's going to take us to World Cup glory and all this nonsense. Um, they fell off a little bit recently. I mean, less easy to forget. You know, they are newly promoted. Like it doesn't feel like it to me, but but they are. Um, recently. 
Uh, at home, they're sticky. That's how I'd describe them. But also, they are capable of a bit of a dodgy result. Uh, they've been beaten 4-1 by Preston. 3-1 against Wigan. They drew with Rotherham. Uh, this Blackburn side is a little bit of a bag of revels, in, uh, especially at home. Uh, 1-4, drew 6, lost just the 1. Uh, Norwich, on the other hand, they haven't lost any of the last four away games. Um, for me, I'm going to go for a draw. They're okay. right on the draw. I don't normally tip draws, uh, but I'm going to go for go for that. I think Blackburn are a little bit sticky. Norwich are pretty solid away from home, and they do love scoring goals. Uh, but they, they did show against Bristol City last time out. They drew 2-2. They don't quite put teams away on the road as much. They drew 0-0 away at Norwich. Um, and going against a team that specialises in home draws, 12-5, to I think, is kind of the, the draw bet of the weekend in the championship, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I can see that one. Norwich never make it easy for themselves, do they? We've uh, spoke yeah. about that on plenty of podcasts recently. So, again, coming up against the Blackburn side, who are... Like you say, only lost one at home this season. Draw plenty, so I can see why you tip the draw. Yeah. I also think both teams will score in this game as well, to add that on there. Let me go one step further, if I may. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I actually agree. Draw both teams <laughs> to score. Yeah, definitely. Let's let's put a little combo out there. Joe, you know what? I'm going to get the price live on air for anyone that's interested. Seven to two. Nice. Oh, that's a good price, that is. To be fair, yeah, not bad. Could easily see us being a two-two-all, something like that. Right then, let's move on to League One. A similar story here for me. There's a couple which I really like. Beyond that, not so much. Um, I won't nick the first ones here, so you can go first for League One, mate. Oh my god, it's got into you. I know. I'm feeling generous. Mate, you're nice and polite. All right. Yeah. Um, let's start with one of my heroes from the weekend, Luton Town. Um, Luton Town, absolute fire. Uh, they've won their last five games in a row in League One. Uh, they're unbeaten at home. They've played ele- uh, played eleven games. They have won nine and drew two and lost zero. Um, they are playing a Carabao Cup semi-finalist in Burton Albion. Crazy. Which is crazy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, But as good as they've been in the cup, they have been poor in the league. Uh, It's easy to forget, just as, you know, I mentioned Blackburn, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget that Burton are recently relegated. Uh, Down in 15th, uh, yes, I know, Tom, me and you had this chat. Uh, You said we finished bottom half, I said we finished top half. Yes, we all know you're going to bring that up. Anyway, uh, Luton Town, uh, they've scored 29 in 11 at home and let in just nine goals. Uh, Burton, they've only won two of their 10 away games. They're going to be absolutely knackered from that victory um, against Middlesbrough. (laughs) Arguably, this is the last place you want to go in League One right now. Um, Luton, they're priced at 8-13. Clearly, the bookies think it will be a straightforward victory, and I, for one, agree with them. Yeah. Um, 8-13 to 13 is a better price, to be honest, than I thought we'd get for this game, because I really agree. Luton to win, uh, for me, is one of the shoe-ins for the whole weekend in all of the leagues. So another team who have been scoring plenty of goals recently is Bradford. You know, Bradford are at home to Scunthorpe this weekend. And they're priced to get the win at 6-5. to five. Now, Bradford are in 22nd in the league, so they're still in the relegation spots by three points. But things seem to be turning a corner for them. So in the last few games, they're really starting to hit the stride, scoring plenty of goals. So they scored two, followed by three, followed by four, and again, followed by four last weekend. I think you mentioned it last week, didn't you? You saying Scunthorpe had the worst defensive record in League One. They're playing away from home where they're absolutely shocking. So if you've got the worst defence in League One, up against a team who, despite being near the bottom of the league, are scoring plenty of goals at the moment, I think it's a recipe for Bradford to get the victory at 6-5. to five. 
yeah, uh, not often we would tip Bradford this season. No. Um, down in 22nd, they've, they've had, a, had a terrible start to the season. Well, terrible first half. It's not really a start anymore, is it? It's December. <laughs> but, um, yeah, def- I, I completely agree, Scumfort. How, how do you back a team that's conceded 47 in 22? That's like, crazy. That, that is absolutely <laughs> insane. You can't carry on conceding those goals. It's 2.14 goals a game they let in. That is um, mad. So it's craziness. It's crazy. Well, whatever. Um, it is what it is. Okay, I'm going to look at a absolutely crunching, gigantic, fierce, horrific, horrible derby game that's in League One. And it's Charlton Gillingham. Uh, this is actually a derby, believe it or not. I say, is that a derby? I found out. Remember uh, Kevin, the next door neighbour? Yeah. Charlton. Good family. old Kevin. Yeah, yep. he's absolutely pumped for this weekend. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I was doing my best to take him seriously. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a big game. Uh, Charlton are in fifth. Gillingham in 16th. Um, I'm looking at both teams to score here. Um, Gillingham have won their last four away from home. Um, so they're coming into a um, they're coming into the game in good form. Um, Charlton have lost two of their last six, the other four being victories. Um, so definitely um, two two teams in in good form. In terms of goals, um, very interested to see the top scorers uh, for these sides. They've got a couple of strikers that are on absolute fire right now. Um, for Charlton, oh God, you're going to kill me here. Uh, Ahern Grant, Carlin Ahern Grant, him. Yeah. He's got 11 in 21, and Tom Eaves has 14 in 22. Uh, so two strikers going at it head to head. Uh, both teams to score for me is something that I think will happen in what will probably be quite an intense and high tempo game. It's three to four. Yeah, I like the look of that. It, from looking at previous uh, fixtures in this derby, granted they are quite few and far between, between the sides of recent years anyway, they do seem to be pretty high scoring. Lots of them coming in over 2.5, all both teams to score. There's not many nil nils, one nils, two nils if any, really, in recent times. So, yeah, it looks like it will be an entertaining derby, not a cagey derby, which is always good for the neutrals and for the prospects of this tip. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Charlton have had one nil-nil draw this season. Uh, Gillingham have not been involved in one. Wow. Looks looks like there uh, should be some fireworks at the Valley. That's really all I'm pretty confident in, to be honest, in League One this weekend. For me, there's a lot more opportunity in League Two. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to cover anything else. Big game at the top of the league, Portsmouth-Sunderland. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to pull you up on. Um, I don't have anything that I want to (laughs) tip for this game. I I couldn't call it if my life depended on it, but just wanted your thoughts to see if you had... Anything you wanted to uh, to champion for this game? Nothing. I, I absolutely yeah, top, cannot top call this. Literally cannot call this game. The only thing that I can see is Sunderland's poor record recently at Fratton Park. That's literally the only thing that might sway me more towards Portsmouth. But no, not a chance. Do I recommend betting on anything either way on this game? Let's move on to League 2 then. For me, this is the league where most of the money can be made this weekend. Uh, there's quite a few things I like to look of here in League 2. Great. Take it away. You can start. <laughs> Thank you. So we'll start with Berry at home to Tranmere Rovers. Berry are priced at 13-20. to 20. Not the best price you'll see all weekend. But then again, Berry should definitely win this game. They had a slight hiccup last weekend where they lost 4-2 away at Oldham. Oldham themselves are a very good side, so not too much shame in that. But for me, the key thing is that Berry still managed to score two. Prior to that, they've been in very good scoring form. Uh, scored two against Exeter the week before that. Then they're scoring 
you don't have to look too far back to see the score. Four against Cheltenham, two against Cambridge again, and then four again the week before that. So generally, plenty of goals in this Berry side at the moment. And Tranmere, I mentioned last weekend, I think, Notts County, who were second bottom of the league, will beat Tranmere. And they did. Tranmere have a terrible away record, really. They've not been that good. Conceded three against County, five against Grim- Grimsby, six against Shrewsbury in the Cup, three against Crewe. And even at home, three against Oxford City. That's poor as well. So for me, Tranmere conceding lots of goals on the road. Berry scoring lots of goals at home. For me, this has got to be a Berry win. Yeah, Tranmere. Tranmere away. Absolutely terrible. Rubbish. Um, God for their home form, because they're in eighth, purely on that home form. Yeah. Let's follow up with another home win, and it kind of alludes to what Tom mentioned. Notts County. Yes, they did get a victory, as Tom rightfully predicted, and I said they wouldn't. Yes, let's get that off. <laughs> uh, get that out in the open. Uh, they're still 23rd, might I add. Um, they haven't won any of their last seven away games, and Grimsby have not lost to Notts County in their last four encounters between the two. Uh, Grimsby are handy at home, definitely. Um, they've beaten Swindon at home. Uh, they've managed to beat Tranmere at home. They've beaten Crawley, MK Dons, Colchester, uh, Port Vale. The, the list goes on. Away from home, they're, they're pretty hopeless. Um, but at home, they're definitely capable. Notts County, will that be enough, that victory um, at the weekend? I don't think so. Um, they obviously, even with Tranmere's poor away record, they still ran it close and the knots won three two by the single goal in the end. For myself, um I, I will be looking at Grimsby six to five. I think that's a good price against a team that, you know, yeah, they've had three managers this year or whatever, but uh still the leopard's not changing its spots, it still can't do anything away from home. Yeah, I love that jumping on the Grimsby bandwagon. Wee. Mate, mate, don't don't come to me about Grimsby bandwagon because you've been there and then you've stabbed them in the back the following week. <laughs> then I rejoined. At him. least I'm fully on board. At least I'm fully on board. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I had to pick a winner here, I'd agree Grimsby. I'd actually be looking as a safer bet for me. Both teams to score, priced at three to four. Both teams score, both teams tend to concede quite a lot as well. So for me, that would be the safer bet. But yeah. I can see where you go with Grimsby to get the victory. Um, I'm looking at MK Dons. They have a game against Colchester, priced at 4-5 to five for the victory. If you're looking at the league table, you can see MK Dons in second, and you can see Colchester five points back in third. So you're thinking, what? This is going to be a tight game. This is going to be close. This is going to be a toss-up. Nah, not for me. MK Dons have won the last six home games in the league in a row, unbeaten at home in the league all season, scored in every home game they've played in this season. Colchester, very, very poor travellers. We're speaking about Tranmere being in the playoffs or on the fringes of the playoffs because of their home form. Colchester only in the automatic spots because of their home form. They've lost six of the last seven games away from home. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. They got panned 4-0 away at Carlisle last weekend. Beaten at Newport the week before that. Beaten at Cambridge 3-1 the week before that. They've lost against Grimsby, lost against Stevenage. These are teams who, if you were a real automatic promotion-chasing team, you need to be beaten. So for me, Colchester are in a false position. I think they're going to lose to MK Dons, and I don't think they'll be in automatic promotion spots for much longer. Well. Well, well, you fancy MK Dons then, do you? <laughs> if I had to pick a team, yeah, I'd pick MK. <laughs> oh my, that was a full savage attack. You fully went for Colchester then. You Just had to go in, didn't I? Use <laughs> fans, you know, Tom, put it this way. Tom doesn't think your season's going to end the way you want it to, no. um, unless you sort your away format, <laughs> basically. <laughs> League two for me has run its course. Um, I don't know about yourself. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to add in there, but me personally, my notes, I'm done. 
Uh, just one more then from me, Oldham. They're playing at home to Exeter. Exeter continue to struggle and stutter. Um, they did win last weekend. They beat Crew. However, it was a long overdue win. They've won three and drawn three. Um, Exeter, on the other hand, despite their win last weekend against Crew, long overdue. Away from home, completely different story. They haven't won since they beat Mansfield away on the 15th of September. So winless in their last seven away games. They're poor on the road, generally poor, um, not scoring as many goals, nowhere near as many as they were scoring at the start of the season. And Oldham look, it looked very good value. They beat Berry 4-2, like I've previously mentioned last weekend. So if you're scoring four against a very good Berry side, I think there's definitely something about Oldham. And I definitely think they can go and push on towards the playoffs and continue the momentum with a with a win against Exeter. Yeah, uh, they've really fallen off, haven't they? And, uh, yeah, they have. Yeah, you're right to capitalise on them. Um, so if there's nothing else from you, let's wrap up our tips then and recap last week's successful bombproof troubles. So my trouble was very, very close. I spoke about it briefly at the start of the show. It was just cost by one Portsmouth goal. But I started off with West Ham. I needed them to score two or more goals away at Fulham and they won 2-0. He needed a similar story with Luton. He needed them to score two or more away at Coventry and they delivered as well. They won 2-1. So yeah, it was just Portsmouth. Again, we needed them to score two or more goals. They scored, they scored at the end of the first half, so they had 45 minutes to get a second, but they couldn't do it. They ended up drawing one all. Ah, agonising. Agonising. Yeah. So, so, so close. Yeah, that was um, a big, big 11-1 treble as well. Yeah, it would have been a honker, mate. would have been gigantic. It would. Um, however, mine did manage to win. It wasn't as gigantic, granted, but it, it did bring home some profit, which was fantastic. Uh, so, as Tom alluded to, I kind of broke the early kickoff hoodoo. I had Doncaster to beat Scunthorpe at home and they did so 3-0. He also had Luton. He needed them to beat Coventry and as we've as we've already mentioned, they did 2-1. And I had Sunderland to beat Bristol Rovers at the stadium a light and despite going a goal down to the away side, Sunderland did manage to turn it around and they won 2-1, which meant we won. It was just under 5-1. Yeah, bravo mate. Congratulations, love that. Nice little win for the profit chasers and for ourselves. I think you were rewarded there for a bit of risk because you took the early kickoff when I said, if this loses, you'll get hammered. And you also yeah. pick, picked Luton when I'd already picked Luton. So you were confident enough in them to get the win. They pulled through for you. So yeah, a, a daring double whammy there and it's it's worked out for you. So yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. If that didn't go well, I'd have got absolutely hammered on Twitter, destroyed. <laughs> but it came through, so everyone's happy. Uh, let's talk about the joints then. Um, Tom, kick us off with what you had from the joint. Yeah, from mine, we had West Ham to score over two, which did end up 2 0 to West Ham. Uh, from mine, we had Sunderland to win. They obviously won 2 1. And I do have to kind of take responsibility for this one because I said I didn't want the early kickoff in and I said I didn't want Luton on all three trebles just in case they lost. So that only left us with Portsmouth to score over two, well, to score two or more goals and that was the one result which didn't happen. So, yeah, my bad there. Hey, so, swings, and, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, I will uh, accept responsibility for that one, but at least we got your winner and um, we're only one goal away from all three trebles winning. So, you know, we're we're not quite on the bullseye. We're hitting the 25 mark. Could you imagine if all three came in? My, oh God. my God. Scenes. Scenes. Absolute bedlam. Scenes, Jeff. Bedlam. Um, if you're new to the show and you're wondering, what on earth are these guys talking about? Uh, this is our bombproof treble section of the show. Uh, this is where me and Tom bring up all of our knowledge all of our research and general gut feeling. We put it into a treble each and a joint treble. We combine our thoughts and we try and win you guys some money and suggest that you back it. 
Uh, suggested stake is £10. Put a quid on it, two quid, whatever you can afford. Um, and hopefully we can win you some profit as we did last weekend. Yeah. Um, as winner, you can go first this week. That's a re good reward for winning. Feel free to pick anything you like. That is very generous. Yeah, I don't often expect that from you, to be honest. But yeah, that's, that's a, an incredible gesture. Thank you. All right, guys. So, yeah, I'm going to go first this week. I'm going to give my Bombproof treble a name. It's going to be called the Paradise Location treble. Uh, these are three absolute hot spots in the UK that everyone wishes they could holiday to more times in the year. Uh, so first of all, we're going to start with Stoke City. Uh, Stoke are at home to Millwall. They're 7-10. to 10. Then we're going to drop into League 1, Luton Town. Luton at home to Burton Albion, 8-13. to 13. And we're going to drop into League 2 and go for Grimsby. Grimsby at home to Notts County, 6-5. to 5. It's 5.04 to 1. Uh, £10 on will return you £60.41. Pence. <laughs> I love a paradise locations treble. <laughs> We've not had one for a while. Some absolutely lovely, lovely yeah. uh, holiday destinations there, Tom. Absolutely, there are. Um, you should take you should take your bird there. She'd love a weekend in Stoke. I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would. It's Soviet Union style Stoke with all them bloody bridges. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, have you got, what have you got for me, Tom? What okay. Have you got? So, my treble, I am going to go for Berry at home to Tranmere. They're priced at 13 to 20. I'm also going to go for MK Dons at home to Colchester, priced at 4 to 5. And finally, moving up to League One, Bradford at home to Scunthorpe, priced at 6 to 5. And that pays in total 5.5 to 1. Beautiful. Home teams galore this week. Yeah. Six home sides. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing nothing more sure than a uh, home favourite traditionally in the betting world. No. Um, yeah, two real strong trebles there. So what we're going to do now is live on air. Uh, we don't normally edit this bit. We're going to decide on a joint treble. So because you had two spots last week, I would love to champion Stoke. And Luton? Yeah, I'm more than happy with that. Grimsby's the weakest of the three. Yeah, I'm more than happy with Stoke and Luton. Um, then from mine, I'm I'm going to say Berry are probably the, the safest. Um, Berry? Berry for me the safest bet from my three. Probably followed by Bradford if you're looking for a little bit more value from the treble. But let's... Let's play safe. Let's play with Barry. Let's go Barry. Barry at home for Tramley. Okay. So we're going to put that into an acre. So we've got Luton 8 to 13, and Stoke 7 to 10, and Barry 13 to 20. It is 3.53 to 1, which means £10 on would get you 45.31 back. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like that. That's a good travel, that is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, as ever, every single week. I uh, I fancy all three <laughs> to win. Me too. Um, yeah, I absolutely every single week fancy all three. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed, everything comes in for sure. So let's have a quick run through fantasy football as usual. Um, I'm back to seeing red arrows instead of green arrows. We do, however, whoa, the 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 league's tight at the top. Chris Hindle with Chindle's champs. Boo Gilbraith with Klepto and Son are tied at the top, 1,078 points each. Uh, Chris Hindle is currently shown as number one. Not quite sure what's that, what that is ranked on. But uh, yeah, so Chris Hindle currently top, tied with Boo Gilbraith. They've got a nice lead of 26 points ahead of Daniel Atkinson and then Charlie Donnelly, Alex Keating, Sam Barnard, Simon Tither. Uh, I'm down in 25th. I got 47 points, which was above the average, but not really good enough. As for yourself, Tom, let me just take a moment to scroll on to the second page of fantasy football. 
Oh, you're, you've gone up. You're in 56. I'm absolutely sick of fantasy football, to be honest with you. You're only, uh, you're only eight points away from being on the first page. I, honestly, mate, I, I've tried everything. I've stuck with my team. I've kept faith with people. I've played wild cards. I've played triple captains. I've tried to get the obvious players in. I've tried to get gems in that I think no one will have. I, I'm absolutely sick of it. Every week, I see a freaking red arrow and it's driving me insane. <laughs> I can't cope with it. Too hey. many people in the league. It's hey. a mi- like, what have we got now? Are we topped 100 yet? We're on exactly 100 now, which is amazing. I love that we've got exactly 100 in the league. Yeah, 100 people in the league. That is fantastic. I I do love that. But from a competitive point of view, it kind of makes you look a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe would. Um, but yeah, uh, guys, if you're interested in joining Fancy Football, uh, there's a £20 free bet on offer for the winner. You can join Fancy Football at any stage. Uh, we have the league code. Tom normally pops it in the uh, podcast description. But if he yeah. does forget because he's useless, let us know on social media. Uh, you will join at your rightful place in our league. Yeah, absolutely. Please do join the league, guys, uh, as Tom says. Yes. So also, if you do want to connect with us after the show, uh, social media is obviously where we're at. It's 2018 after all, nearly 2019. Mm. Um, we're on Twitter. That's the best platform. T underscore FB podcast is our handle. Uh, join in with the bashing of Mourinho and Pogba on there. Um, we're on Facebook too, www.facebook.com slash football betting podcast. And if you want to email us with questions, uh, tips, anything like that, football betting podcast at gmail.com is the way to go. Yeah. And if you do want to give something back to the podcast, please do take 30 seconds of your time to rate and review us on iTunes. We had a little bit of a crisis, didn't we, the other day? All of, about half Sorry. of our ratings disappeared. So <laughs> bricking that one a bit, but That's thankfully okay. they have come back. So we're on 58 or 59 now. So if we can get to 60 before uh, Christmas, that'd be lovely. Yeah, no problem. It's only taken us nearly two years to get those reviews. So no biggie <laughs> if they disappear. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. Uh, iTunes malfunction, but yes, uh, please take a moment to rate and review. Rate and review. Uh, yeah. I know it's annoying. We bring it up every week, but it is really important to us. So please. Yeah, do. yeah, absolutely. Uh, so thank you as well to everybody who got in touch over the last week with just general comments on Twitter, sending us bet slips when we won the treble last weekend. That's always great to see. Sending us bet slips of other bets that you put on based on tips that we've read out on the podcast. Thank you to the guy who said I'm an outstanding tipster for tipping 23rd and 24th in, in League 2 <laughs> to win. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. I get a bomb-proof treble win. Where's my personal thank you? You didn't pick 91st and 92nd in the Football League to win. Come on. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. That was very nice of him to give you a little little pat on the back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, like my ego needed boosting a little bit more from that. Jeez, man. Jeez. You didn't bring it up as much as I thought you would, to be fair. No. Well, that's very commendable, Tom. Thanks, mate. Uh, well, anyway, that is pretty much it for this week's show. We won't speak to you, well, you won't hear from us now until after Christmas and probably around the New Year time. So anything we fancy for Boxing Day... We'll get it on social media. Anything we fancy for the games that are on the 28th, 29th, we'll get them on social media, and then we'll look to do a podcast for the games after that, so New Year's Day and beyond. So uh, we'll keep everyone updated anyway with, with exactly what's going on over the Christmas period, but have a great Christmas, everyone, and uh, we hope you get lucky with lots of bets and lots of winning bet slips for uh, the whole Christmas period. Yeah. For sure. Um, just a quick recap. The podcast goes strength to strength. Without you guys, it honestly would, wouldn't would be taking off the way it has. Um, 2018 has been an amazing year. 
and we're going into our third year uh, now, which is awesome. Like I, I never thought when me and Tom started this as kind of a little kind of something to do that we'd be in our third year getting the numbers we are. And um, yeah, can't wait for 2019. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts and have a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year.